Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Expect that they can march the ball down the field. It's right in motion. Play nice, got Reverse it. Reverse to Bell. All the way. Ring it up, Purdue. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Behind the Rails podcast with me. I am your host, Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, and with me is Purdue running back and legendary Grey Cup MVP, Corey Sheets, and it sounds like we have Corey Sheets Jr. in the house today, don't we, Corey? Yeah, his, mother's ain't, his mother hasn't come and got him just yet, but uh, he's sitting here watching me tape and talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's only appropriate we had my son dylan on a show and now we got your boy Corey on there uh hopefully he gets a recruiting letter in the mail in about what 18 years that'll work something like that yeah pay for college for you too <laughs> yeah that's always a help <laughs> and tonight we will be talking about the nebraska corn huskers Purdue's eighth opponent of the season it's been an interesting Little, uh, almost, I don't know if I want to call it a rivalry since uh, Nebraska joined the Big Ten, but the last four years, especially, the two teams have played some really, really competitive games. Uh, last year, Nebraska won 37 27, mostly because Purdue had a disastrous start to the game. I think they were down 17 nothing, like eight minutes in. Oh, how'd that uh, happen? Uh, they had a block. <laughs> I know they had a blocked punt on the first series, and then the second series, the punt got returned to, like, the five. So I think Nebraska had 14 points and about seven yards of offense in the wow. first five minutes, and that's hard to come back from. I've only been a part of one game like that, and I don't even remember who the team was. It was just out of nowhere. We was up 21 nothing. Like, all right, it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's almost that's – almost, builds a false sense of security because you're like, all right, we're already up two touchdowns, but then there's still 55 minutes left of game time. And right. Purdue really did have a chance in that one last year. They they had cut it to seven and they were about to get a about to get a stop to get the ball back with about 10 minutes to go and only down seven when they committed a pretty dumb penalty and they kept a Nebraska drive alive and they went down and kicked a field goal. So that's crazy. <laughs> Basically, penalties will kill you. Oh, yeah. And it, it was definitely one of those, what are you doing, man? It was, uh, I believe it was Diedrich Mackey shoved a guy in the back uh, on a pass that was incomplete on like second and 21. And he shoves him in the back and it was a pass that was four feet over his head and was no way catchable. And just, you're like, what are you doing? You know what? <laughs> I'm, you blame that on him, but also blame that on referees. Like, you can't, you, like, really, I know that's a little bit. And what was it? Uh, unnecessary roughness, but uh, come on, man. <laughs> you got, you got uh, it, was, it was pretty fly. blatant, though. It was blatant, though. I mean, I could dig it, but still, hey. <laughs> always, always hated those type of penalties. It's like it'd be a pi, and he'd be like, "Ref, the ball was thrown twenty feet in the air and it landed in the damn student section. He wasn't <laughs> going to catch it." <laughs> I, I think it got called mostly because it was after it was over his head and very obviously incomplete. And he just gave him the little extra shove. And you're just like, 
Oh man, dude, that's the new rules. Because back in the day, you could you could have took his head off, and if when nobody looked at it, you would have made a highlight reel for ESPN that weekend. <laughs> Boy. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff. So we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Yes, we know that it's the middle of football season here for Purdue, but we're really, really excited for the men's basketball team and their number seven ranking to start the year, and the women's basketball program to get back underway with Katie Geralds. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, but it, it, anyway, we're talking about Nebraska this year, and... They are the Cornhuskers are kind of one of those snake bit teams this season. They enter at three and five. They've still got a couple of games left against Ohio State and Iowa that are going to be real tough, as well as one against Wisconsin. Face a decently long path to a bowl game, but it's not like they've been getting blown out. Um, three of their losses are to Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan by a total of thirteen points. And all three of those teams are undefeated right now and ranked in the top. 10, so. <laughs> it ain't nothing about your hand at, but yeah. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> it's, it's certainly a team that can be scary, and plus with this being one of the games as if I'm a coach in Nebraska's locker room, I'm telling them we need to get this one just because we play Ohio State and those other big juggernauts later in the year. This, mm-hmm. this might be one they think they could win. And on the opposing side, just like being in Purdue's locker room, saying, hey, this is when we can squeak by and get the five. And then all we need is one more to win a, to get to a bowl eligibility. So it's a, it's a big week for both teams, I feel like. Right. And I think one thing that stands out to, to me is they're, they're not a bad team, but they just – they have a tendency to just have – three or four plays a game where they, everything just seems to go haywire. They'll throw a pick six. They'll have, I believe they gave up a safety to Illinois on. It, it was one of the strangest plays. It was officially the first points of the college football season. <laughs> they gave, they gave up a safety to Illinois on a punt return. The punt returner fielded the punt and ran into the end zone for some God unknown reason and got tackled for a safety. Like on their momentum <laughs> carried him in there. No, it wasn't even that. Like he ran into the damn end zone for something. Like he reversed field or something, like trying to get away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they also had a fumble six given up in that game. And I mean, they're just they're they're a weird team, and you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Sounds uh, like is uh they're unlucky. I hope some of that unluck 
uh, shows up this weekend. One of the things that kind of stands out to me for them is uh, they really have one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Adrian Martinez has been a starter since he was a freshman. Um, 7,600 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, very mobile quarterback. He has run for 2,200 yards. And I know he has a lot of experience against Purdue in his career. So this is a guy that we should be very familiar with. This is the fourth time we've seen him. And he's kind of burned us a little bit on the ground at times. But Purdue's also benefited from some of his mistakes because he'll spread the he'll spread the ball around with some interceptions. He'll occasionally put it on the ground with the fumble. So I'm sitting there looking at his stats right now. Yeah, he'll get the ball up a little bit here and there. <laughs> Uh, I was about to say, I was looking at what he did last year. He was 23 of 30 for 242 and a touchdown. And then he ran for two touchdowns. I think they were shorter ones, though. And then two years ago, he was 22 of 399 for 247. Uh, did not have a passing touchdown, but he ran for two more. And then finally, you go back to 2018, which is his first game against Purdue. 25 of 42 for 323 and two passing touchdowns. And he also ran for 91 yards, but didn't get to the end zone. So this is a guy that he can slip out of the backfield and cause a lot of damage with his legs, which is not really Purdue hasn't faced a quarterback like that this year, but how much do you think it is an advantage that Purdue has actually faced him specifically the last three years? I mean, our defense is in prime shape at this part of the season. So, Karloftis and Jenkins should have a field day with if he's a mobile quarterback chasing them all over the, the field this weekend. So hopefully they get some of those picks coughed up. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, he's got some feast or famine stats here. He's their leading rusher, 433 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns in eight games. Uh, he's also thrown for 10 touchdowns and nearly 2,000 yards, but he has been sat 21 times in eight games. <laughs> I mean, that's all that running. So, yeah, let, let's look to get at least five, six sacks this weekend. That'd be nice. That'd be uh, great. <laughs> he broke one for 75 against Illinois. Uh, that was way back in August, but, you know, he can he can break one if needed. That's crazy. He's the leading rusher. Yeah. I mean, it's he they run that RPO and he knows what to do with it and you know, you want to you want an experienced guy like that running the RPO. Right. And the running back only got 300 and something yards. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, you knocked I'm not going to say knock the quarterback out, but you take the quarterback out the game as far as making him a non-factor and this this is Purdue's game to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of rushing offense, Nebraska ranks right between Wisconsin and Minnesota, so we're familiar with a decent type decent type of running game. Wisconsin's second, Nebraska's third, Minnesota's fourth in the Big Ten. Yeah, but that's a little skewed because that's coming from the quarterback. Uh, you look at the passing game. Purdue is second in the conference, uh, mostly because we are so skewed towards the towards the passing game. Nebraska's fourth. Um, Tell me about they're it. Averaging, they're <laughs> averaging 266 yards a game, and they've only thrown three interceptions. So uh, they're not they're not bad offensively. They, no, this will probably all. be the best offense we have faced yet. It, but their engine is the quarterback. Remove him. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything else that's jumping off the charts, in my opinion. You? I think you're <laughs> right. 
I, I, nothing really stands out. Um, just overall, their top receiver is uh, Samori Torre. 27 catches, 521 yards, and three touchdowns. It's that's decent. Yeah. And then they got a good tight end with 24 catches, 343 yards, and two scores. That is Austin Allen. A lot of their receivers are pretty balanced here. It's not like he has one definite guy that he's always looking towards like uh, like O'Connell is with Bell for us. I mean, he's doing a lot more scrambling as well, too. So it's, it's more so who's open at the time being when I'm running mm-hmm. for my life opposed to mm-hmm. we got drawn up plays and the OC is telling me to throw it to the number two receiver in the flat. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, a lot of that comes down to discipline is control to controlling that. You've got to be ready to, you got to be ready to take a look at everything on a play. You can't, you can't just be like, Oh, well, we, we've got him packed. We've got him uh, hemmed in and everything. No, this is a guy that can break one at any time. And that's dangerous. I mean, he definitely can, he's definitely going to convert some third downs that we're not going to want him to. But I feel like we if we limit that third down conversion, then. This yeah, is, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. So dealing with a Russian quarterback, that's usually when they excel is third down when everybody's playing prevent defense or cover two sitting back in coverage, and he's only got four guys rushing. He beat one linebacker, mm-hmm. that's the first down. He only has the three interceptions this season, but he, I know that that has been a problem for him in the past. So you, you want to pressure him, like you said, and make him make a mistake. It sounds like instead of throwing the ball, he's just tucking it and running with mm-hmm. so many sacks. Yeah. Because six games and 21 sacks, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a what's that like almost uh, eight eight games 23 sacks that's almost three a game so mm. and and just to think how many did he escape right and it's actually <laughs> uh, he's at a higher rate this season than he was in his first two seasons because i'm looking at his overall stats here he had 23 sacks each for the entire 2018 and 2019 seasons, and that was 12 games. So he's already at 21 through eight this year. That tells me that their offensive line is not as strong as it has been in the past. Or somebody told him it's better to take the sack than to throw the ball and give it to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two. <laughs> right. Now, looking at Nebraska's defense, um, Mm. About middle of the road, really. Uh, just passing defense. They are sixth in the conference at 208 yards a game. Uh, you look at the rushing defense. Um, they are eighth in the conference at 139 yards a game, mm-hmm. which after facing the three best run defenses in the league for Purdue, that actually will be kind of welcome considering the struggles that Purdue had moving the ball on the ground the last week. I mean, you look at the linebacking go- core. That's who leading the, the offense and tackles. Then next behind him is a safety. Mm-hmm. They're flying all over the field, in my opinion. That's going to be something to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always interesting because if you see if you see the secondary and a lot of guys in the secondary getting a bunch of tackles, that's usually a sign of well they're making them downfield, so they're giving up a lot of yards. Yeah, not see the linebackers making tackles. <laughs> 
Let's say it could be a whole lot of blitzes and they coming in crashing. I done seen some things with, with them cornerbacks leading the team. And it's like, man, they playing up in the nickel. Like you don't know where they lined up at. <laughs> well, you gotta get, I mean, you saw it last week with Purdue, you had Jabari Brown come off the edge and he stripped Mertz for the fumble six for Karloftis. And then he got up off the ground and threw the big block to escort him into the end zone too. So I was going to say, you get some of those guys coming off the end, they can do, they can do some damage for you. Yeah. I know I used to uh, miss that blitz pickup whenever they came my way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Coach Tiller was really pleased with you for that. No, not at all. They used to take me out a lot during those type of plays when it would be something potentially like that. If I did catch it, it was late, or I just chopped them. There ain't no reason I need to be chopping no corner. <laughs> I'm bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Is you When you get in the open field, what do you want to do? You want to knock a guy over. This is your chance to get a free shot and knock a guy over. Yeah, you're absolutely right, especially when they, they think they got the quarterback dead to right, so you just come pop. <laughs> there you go. And you, you pad your own stats. You add some of those pancakes that those offensive linemen get. Mm-hmm. Put yeah, those up of, on your board. A couple of plays on uh, ESPN when they're showing that, that long pass and they highlight that block. <laughs> you say, look at that great block. Go. It might have been a horrible block, but they highlighted it and, and did it in slow mo, so it looks a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> everything looks better in slow mo. <laughs> Uh, I know one player to look at here on their defense, uh, especially after last week, is Deontay Williams. Four interceptions already on the season. He's got he's got to be licking his chops after what O'Connell did last week. I mean, guy like that is licking his chops every week because he thinks he's going to be the one. But I, and my, honestly, I know O'Connell throws a lot of picks, but I just don't think that is that's his mo. I think it's just. Some things just certainly happened. Yeah, he could have pulled a lot of those passes down and went somewhere else, but I think of those were circumstantial. I don't think Connell's an interception artist. You know, like I said in our last podcast, I tend to think with him, the first one makes the second one more likely, and then the second one makes the third one more likely, and they just kind of snowball from there. It's avoiding that first one that I think is critical for him because it seems like he starts pressing more and more after he gets the first one. I was about to say, you know, you know what uh, I've noticed? If you get that first touchdown, we good, good to go. If you get the pick first, then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what guy we're going to get. <laughs> I can see that. I, the only difference is, is he threw two picks in the Illinois game, and then he still picked himself up and led the, t- the winning touchdown drive. After throwing the two picks, so I gotta give him credit for that. At least. I mean, that's what all shit comes from. You don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> we could get the we could get the the robot, or we could get the guy that's running and gunning. <laughs> I know uh, they've they've had some trouble with special teams here, and if you're going to have a close game, their field goal kicker has missed four extra points, and he is six of twelve on field goals. Mm. That, that mm. could be a big difference. I know last week when I know last week when Finneran missed the extra point after the Karloftis touchdown, I was like, "Oh man, here comes the extra, missed extra points haunt later on." Hey, I was like, <laughs> "Hey, nobody cares about the kicker until they start missing field goals." <laughs> this was a guy that was thirteen of fifteen last year, so thirteen of fifteen down to six of twelve. That's uh, that's a down year for this guy. That's crazy. You can't buy a kicker. <laughs> but quick question. I'm looking up. I can't find the injury report, but uh, are we getting our running back back? 
Uh, I have not heard anything on Horvath. Uh, it would be a great, great boon for us to get him back because he is significantly better than anything else we got that, there right now. I know Dobru's got the experience, but he's he is not a guy that's going to break one, and Horvath has proven that he can break one if needed. So uh, I think also it shows Horvath shows that um, he can run that Wildcat pretty well and give you that extra blocker that's different than having both Plummer or Burton back there trying to do the same thing. I mean, I was trying to ride with Dobru, but it's just – it's been what two, three years, and it's still just you haven't taken off from me. It's like you're just stagnant. Time to get Horvath back in. I think he's more of a third down back, honestly. You know, get you that short yardage, and you got to get that line blocking for him too. I oh, mean, yeah, I always hated that third down label. It's just say he can't do too much. He's going to make run him up the middle, like, <laughs> or, he, or he's going to be in there blocking. <laughs> Uh, Dover's yeah. not too bad if you get him the pitch on the edge, but you got to be able to form that edge too. I you know that too, that, that part. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got nobody I'm, out there blocking for you, bro. You out there on the whim. Only know, only know what two or three running backs in history <laughs> ever to beat that. <laughs> I mean, you get you get two or three guys out there setting that edge in front of me and plowing the road. I can get a few yards. <laughs> Hey, they say you saw in the uh, Wisconsin did. <laughs> oh, every Wisconsin game is like that for Purdue. It is an unending nightmare. <laughs> I hate that my team was a start of that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a wild game, man. That was I can't I can't believe that. That was one of the most shocking games. You go from literally about six inches from clinching the game. And if Orton just slides, Orton just slides. Man, we you were Kyle Orton, man. You you can't be out there diving for first downs. What's what's wrong with you? If you could have heard the what the fuck <laughs> on the sidelines, this is like, bro, you ain't ran all game. <laughs> well, actually, he had a rushing touchdown right before that. That, he, that that wasn't that play wasn't designed for him. He was supposed to. Oh pitch yeah. It. <laughs> he saw it wasn't nobody out there. He was like, "Oh, I'm keeping this." <laughs> Again, you could have walked that one in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I distinctly he, he put his hands up and he put his hands down when he scored a touchdown. I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that was oh, good old days. <laughs> You never got to play against Nebraska, though. They weren't in the Big Ten when you were around. Nope, but I could have went there, though. Really? I did. Did they recruit you? They were one of the guys that sent me a letter. Cool. And I know that's when they were still a pretty strong running team, too. I mean, if if I had a new better or more about offense, I, I probably wouldn't have ended up at, at Purdue. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> you're a running back. You're going to go to a school that passes the ball. You're smart. <laughs> hey. I gotta give credit though. Nobody scored more touchdowns than you, and you're third on the rush. Are you third or second? You're th- you're third, aren't you? No, ain't nobody ain't nobody above me. No, I mean in rushing yards. I know. Oh, oh, oh ru- rushing yards. I'm second. Okay, which which okay. always pisses remember. me off because I could have beat off that record. Um, I got in trouble the year my senior year we played Michigan that week. Got in trouble. <laughs> 
They benched me for the first quarter. I started the second quarter. No, I started the second series of the second quarter. I fumbled the ball, and I still led the team in rushing with 35 yards. <laughs> if they had to just let me play the game and just ran me at practice, we probably would have beat Michigan at the big house, and I would have killed them on the yards, and I would have I broke Austin's record. Well, you got the touchdowns record, though. That was impressive. Yeah, got that one. Got that one. <laughs> I, I believe uh, – I think you had at least two uh, Bundy games, which I, I define the Bundy as the Al Bundy, four touchdowns in one game. I had that a bunch of times. In one game, I had five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just put it in the end zone. I, I think my favorite play of yours was um, the Central Michigan game where – it was we were trailing by one in the last minute or so, and you busted through the line and you faked that damn safety out of his damn shoes. Oh man, I love that play. <laughs> you know what's crazy? When when we ran out there, I'm I was fully prepared not to touch the ball not one time because I already knew or not. I, I thought that we were going to go out there and they was going to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and I forget how many plays it was. It might have been like the second play. It was a pass, and then it was the run. I'm like, y'all running the ball? <laughs> and then I scored on it. It was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It couldn't it couldn't have went no better. Now I got an argument to see. I need to give you the ball more. <laughs> I I just remember that poor man was on roller skates, and he you you just, you stole his soul on that play. No, oh, yeah, that 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 one made top ten. All righty, so kind of some final thoughts here on Nebraska. How do how do you see Saturday playing out and how do, you, how do you think Purdue bounces back after just really a disappointing offensive game yet again? It's going to be another hard game, but I feel like somehow Purdue is going to pull it out. It might be a defensive play late in the game or offensive play early in the game, but one of these plays is going to be at a pivotal moment where it's like, all right, that's the one that helped Purdue win the game. It was ugly, but they got it, they got it done. I think – I. I tend to agree with you there because it seems like Nebraska, like I said earlier, they have a couple plays a game that they just absolutely melt down. And I think especially on special teams and it would be nice to finally get a good special teams return. I can't even remember the last time we had a good special teams return or anything. So I say Randall Moore a couple years ago, I seen it on TV, my damn self. That's when I fell in love. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he never got one to the house, but he was he was always dangerous, man. I mean, yeah, but he was taking them. He was he was damn close a bunch. <laughs> oh yeah. That that first game for Rondale against Northwestern, and when he had that, I think it was the like seventy eight yard jet sweep, and that happened right in front of my seats, man. And he just he planted once, cut. And he left like three Big Ten defenders in the dust. It was amazing to watch. It was like this man is special. <laughs> you could tell when people were different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said we had a guy like that. His name was Dorian Bryant. I mean, oh, literally yeah. the first practice. You know, you got, they got the rookies and stuff sitting where I mean, not the rookies, but the freshmen sitting with each other watching. He was out there with the starting uh, team <laughs> as a freshman. He's like, what the hell is this guy doing up there? Then he caught that first pass, and he was like, oh, okay, that's why he's out there. <laughs> All right. 
I, I remember Dorian quite well. He was he was a hell of a ball player, man. Oh man, his kind speed of what, was he was Rondale before Rondale. Yeah, if if Dorian had gotten a weight room like Rondale, that's what Dorian would have been. Because <laughs> Dorian was the littlest thing on the planet. But if you put that ball in his hand and give him a little inch of daylight, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to see guys like that. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, uh, that will do it for this edition of the Behind the Rails podcast. What's the prediction for your final score? 21-17. Purdue? You know it. I, mean, I always got to ride with my team. I'm not going to go against the squad. <laughs> I don't care if they was playing the Seahawks. Going with Purdue. <laughs> Given the Seahawks defense this year, I think I'd like to play the Seahawks. <laughs> Shit, you better stop playing with that NFL team. They're still growing men out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, hey, you know what? Before we get out, I always wanted to talk about this. People would be like, Alabama okay. would beat the worst team in the NFL. You're a damn fool if you believe that. I think the only team that might have had a chance was that 01 Hurricanes team just because they had something like 45 draft picks and I think like 17 first round picks. There was 21 first round draft picks. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. They were absolutely absurdly loaded. Yeah, that might be a possibility. That's the thing that had Vince Warfucker on on there. Sean oh, yeah, Taylor, yeah, yeah. like all these Hall of Famers, yeah, maybe they could have beat the worst team in the league back then, maybe. But people don't understand it's your like the grown men difference between that those two years is ridiculous. <laughs> your body matures so much differently just in those two years. That and every player on the field was likely one of the best players on his college team. Boom, that regardless. <laughs> That, that's why I say the only one that might have a chance is those 01 Canes because you had Sean Taylor was a special teams player. Ridiculous. You had Frank Gore as the third running back. Yeah, that, that part. I was lucky enough to share a, 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 a meeting room with him. He's a cool guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love All Frankie. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know he put up – he had like a couple of knee injuries too, so the fact that he played in the NFL as long as he did, man. If I'm not mistaken, he's a leading uh, rusher, right? Or did AP take I think, that? Uh, I think he's third. third. I think he's still third behind Emmett and maybe Peyton. I'm not sure. I don't know if he passed Walter or not. But Okay. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because uh, we're going on think, night. I, think, <laughs> I actually think the offense is going to wake up. We're due. I think we're due. I think we're going to hit a couple plays. And uh, – I think we cracked 30 points this week. I'm going to be bold. I mean, roll with it. Hey, let's go with it then. Let's roll with it. 30 points. Let's roll. All righty. So thank you for listening. And uh, you can mock us like we're idiots around sometime Saturday night, about 7.30 p.m. if we're wrong. But hopefully we're right. And Purdue pulls on its fifth win of the season. So for myself, Travis Miller, and for Corey Sheets, we do thank you for listening to the Behind the Rails podcast. And Boiler Up. BTFU. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V. 
on YouTube.